This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Um, as we start this morning, I want to share with you, we've been going through a series called At the Core, where we've basically been just revealing and talking about what is at the core of Impact Church. And so uh, this is week number four I wanna, of our series, and I want to talk about something that is very much at the core of Impact Church, and it is God's presence. Um, the presence of God is incredibly valuable to us. There is nothing that we treasure as much as just making way for the presence of God to come here. We had an absolutely awesome worship practice last night. We had our own deeper night encounter and you, you name it, all of it together, and we just didn't want to leave. Um, and so we know God is up to something, and we are um, excited because you're invited to be part of this journey with us as to what God is doing Um, in this place. But I want to say this, first of all, as we just dive right into this, I want to say that we were created to be in God's presence. We were created at the very beginning of creation. God created man to be with him in the garden. And back then, the fellowship and the the union and the harmony between God and, and human beings was completely uninterrupted. It was completely there. And if we don't have a PowerPoint, who cares? So you guys can follow along with me. Uh, these ladies are working hard at figuring this out. And ladies and Ryan, he is definitely... Yes. Anyhow, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but, uh, but if you guys can just focus in, because I feel all this week that this is a message that God the Father wants to speak to his children this morning. I believe with all my heart that there's a call today to come higher, a call to run deeper, a call to come in to something that is unhindered. Because in the very beginning of creation, there was something that entered the world called sin. And as soon as sin came into the world, it separated us from that perfect harmony, from the perfect union with our creator. But ever since then, God has made a way. Because we are created to be in his presence. We are created to live in complete harmony with our maker. And so when we talk about the presence of God, it's not one of those that, oh, yeah, no, it's a, you know, that nice feeling you get when the worship team does a really good job. And, you know, when Sarah leads worship, that's, that's when we feel the presence, right? And we got, you know, those goosebumps, that's awesome. And then we can go home and say we met with Jesus. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a creator who created us to have perfect union with him. And he now invites us into his presence to come and to stand before the creator of heaven and earth. And experience the fullness of what he created us to be. And I apologize ahead of time that I, uh, I can guarantee I'm going to get a little excited. Because this is something that is burning on my heart. Because I believe with all my heart that there's so many people that live far below what God intends for them to live by. They live in loneliness. They live in isolation. They live in shame, in bondage, in lies. And they live far from what God created them for. And this morning, I feel is an invitation. No matter if you don't even know Jesus personally yet or if you've walked with him for years. I feel like this morning is an invitation for you to go deeper. To come closer to let go of whatever it is that you need to let go of to experience the fullness of his presence. 
See, we see it all the time. God created people to need him. And when they don't have him, they fill that void with all sorts of things. And just take one look around, and you'll see that people put a lot of things in place of what they actually deeply are longing for. The, the Apostle Paul actually walked through Athens one day, and he found this one altar, and it said, to the unknown God. And he addressed the crowd, and he said, I'm going to tell you what it is that you're looking for, because I know who you're looking for. You don't even know how to put a name on it. So you, you put up this altar, you come to worship to this, this unknown God, but I'm going to tell you what it is that you're lacking. And in Acts chapter 17, he, he explains how, how God created the heavens and he created the earth and he created himself to be in every part of creation so that we could find him. And in verse 27, he says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. Whether we recognize it or not, that is how we live to the fullest. It's when we recognize that in him, we live and we move and we have our very being. See, God has always worked on providing a way for man to come back. In the Old Testament, it was by going through the law and performing all these sacrifices and rituals. But his heart was always to reconcile God and man again. But then, in the Old Testament, they were always longing for the day that they could have unhindered fellowship with God because back then it was quite limited. They could go and they could kind of experience him in spurts, but, but his heart was always to restore a way for us to have unhindered fellowship with God, an unhindered way to come to him. So he sent, from the very creation, he pre, pre-planned to send a redeemer, Jesus Christ, someone who could bridge the gap between God and man, someone who could open up the way and get rid of that, that uh, chasm that was there. And he literally sent Jesus so that he could die, take our sins upon himself so that we could actually then come back into the presence of God without hindrance, without having to do certain things. In order to get there, what we need to do is surrender and accept him and receive him. See, God doesn't want you to live apart from his presence and his power. And he also doesn't want you to wait until eternity to experience his presence and power. He wants you to experience his presence and his power here and now. I call that heaven on earth. Do you know that many Christians live just with the future hope that one day, one day we're going to experience him. One day we're going to stand face to face. And that's a good hope. Cling to that hope. Hold on to that hope. But do you know that Jesus made a way for us to experience him here and now? He wants heaven touching earth through you, in you, by you, because he has created you to live as a carrier of his presence. So how then do we learn to experience God's presence? I I want to make this really simple, and I want you to remember three things this morning. The first thing is this, that we need to understand the purpose for his presence. See, we need to understand why we should experience his presence. If not, it just becomes this odd thing that you want other people to uh, tap into. (laughs) But, you know, you get... maybe are happy to just kind of sit and, and watch what's going on. But why he, what, what God has done is that he has basically given us access for heaven to touch earth. 
That's an incredible, thank you for your underwhelming response for that one. That was really fantastic. But think about this for a moment. He has given us access for heaven to touch earth. Thank you, whoever that was. That was awesome. But you know that the heartbreaking part is that religion, as people think of it and know it today, has become reduced to something rigid, predictable, boring. I could take a poll and you could probably come up with a few other names to put on what people think of as religion. Church even has become many times a program to come to. And there's nothing wrong with programs. It's an awesome thing to have some structure in place so that we can meet the needs of people. Programs are awesome. But I tell you what, the church is so much more than a program. The church is a place that we can gather together, come together, and believe that God can do the impossible. Church is not just a place that we come to so that we feel good because we did what we should do on a Sunday morning. Church is a place where the living God resides. Okay, but what's the church? The people. So when the living God resides in you and we come together, guess what we have? We have an exponential, incredible moment where we can join our faith, exponential faith together to believe for something so much greater, for something so much bigger. And maybe you're in a part of your journey where you're walking through the valley and you're tired and you don't know how you're going to make it through. But then there's a whole bunch of other churches beside you, a whole other bunch of of presence carriers that can believe with you, believe for you, and together we can come. And we can know that we're meeting with the, with, the, our, with, with the creator of heaven and earth. And we come together with faith, knowing that he is here because he wants to meet with you, because he wants to set you free, because he wants to bring you into a place where it doesn't matter what's going on around because you have him. That is what church is like. When we come, and Josiah did not know, he is our son, but he did not know what I was speaking of because I haven't seen him for two days. And he perfectly wrapped it up when he said, just worship. Just worship God because he's worthy and he's here and he's there and he's everywhere. Because that's just it. If we recognize that no matter where we are, God is with us. So you can worship God in your bedroom by yourself. But I tell you what's exciting. When you come together with other believers, it just something happens. Because it just it's this exponential thing that happens that when we come together... It raises our faith level for what God can do. See, his presence is not just about a a feel-good experience or a cool moment, although those happen. But we're meeting with the king of heaven who made himself available to every person, not just some. I believe that one moment in the presence of God can change a life forever. All it takes is one moment. That's why I am passionate about the power and the presence of God. That's why I'm passionate about going further and and pressing in a little more and, and, and going a little bit further because I believe that all it takes is one moment in the presence of God and a life can be changed forever and ever and ever. God can do in one split second what it can take years to try to accomplish on your own. 
And so when you come to church, when you come to your small group, when you, when you join together with someone else who has faith in Christ, you can have a moment right then and there because Jesus said, where two or three are, are there, are, are gathered together in my name, I'm there. So when we come into the presence of God, we can come with expectation that something great is going to happen. Think about the first time they experienced this in, in the, the first church, the early church. Uh, we find this story in Acts chapter 2. So now Jesus, they've walked with Jesus, and now all of a sudden he died. They're kind of sad because, you know, he's gone. Then he rose again, and they're like, oh, ah, you're back. That's awesome. And then he's like, yeah, but I'm leaving. And then they're like, oh, no. And so they're like, oh, what are we going to do now? And so he says, well, just go to Jerusalem and wait there. And what's so interesting is this was during a massive feast called the Feast of Weeks. And there's thousands of Jews that are gathered in Jerusalem. They're all there together, but 120 of the believers in Jesus were gathered in an upper room. That must have been a big room or a really squishy experience. It says they were all in one accord, so they must have liked Hondas. I had to get at least one really bad dad joke in there. I'm done now. We have a Toyota, but anyhow. (laughs) But let's see what happens. I'm going to jump into chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they, the 120, were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is a cool experience. But they had not been there before. They had not experienced this before because in the Old Testament, you did not get access to the presence of God like that. You could come to the temple and stand in the outer court, and if you were chosen to be a priest, you could actually come to the inner court, but that is, that's as far as you made it. All they know is that Jesus left. We're supposed to wait for, uh, I think, something. For, I think, how long was it again? Oh, we don't know, right? Have you ever been in that place, Colleen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your support. Right. But you're like, now what? And God's like, oh, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, God, that's really awesome. But think about what happened. This is a cool moment. But you know what I love about this? You know, what they could have done is they could have started a Facebook group where they share about this experience. Or they could have done the hokey pokey, right? Put your right hand, and they could have their little group because something cool just happened, and now we're, we're all just gathered, and this is our thing. But you know what immediately happened? As soon as the presence of God visited them, they said, we got to share this thing. we got to show them that God is alive and well today, that he's not dead, that he is not just some religious duty that we're supposed to follow, but we need to show them that there is power and the presence of God made available to us today. So they immediately get out of that room. How many Christians know that it's easy to stay in the room? When you have a feel-good experience, our propensity, if we're being honest, is to form a club. And to talk about it and sing some songs about it, maybe write some songs about what we just experienced. But you need to understand the purpose for the presence is to share it with those around. 
So they immediately leave the upper room. And Peter, who was a coward just days before, has experienced in one moment something that changed his life. Because one moment in the presence of God can change a life forever. So Peter, who had been bound by shame uh, just a few days before Jesus came, forgave him, and now he experiences the power of God. He goes out and it says in verse 14 that Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice without a microphone and addressed the crowd of thousands of people. You want to talk boldness that came upon this man? Because something happened in that room. He met with the Holy Spirit, the presence and the power of God. And he preaches this sermon, which, by the way, if you want to read it, it's in Acts chapter 2. It was not a feel-good sermon. But somehow... It says they were cut to heart because they recognized that what he said was true. And in verse 41, it says those who accepted his message and were baptized were about 3,000 people that were added to their number that day. One moment in the presence of God can change a life forever. In this case, Peter, who was absolutely wrecked and transformed by the power and the presence of God, and he goes out and he shares from the bottom of his heart what he believes is the truth. And 3,000 people are affected in one day. One moment in the presence of God can change a life for eternity. Do you imagine organizing kids' church after that? (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Like we read the stories, we're like, oh, that's so cool. So if you have conviction in your heart right now that you need to help Carla, feel free to uh, sign up after service for kids' church. Just saying. That was a shameless plug for helping kids' church. But (laughs) did you like that one? That's good. But can I say this? When we come together, when we understand the purpose for the presence, then we know that one moment is all it takes. In this case, it changed Peter. It changed the 11. It changed 120. It changed 3,000. It changed a city. It changed the world. It changed me. All it takes is one moment. See, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's healing. In his presence, there's restoration. In his presence, there's wholeness. In his presence, there's freedom. In his, in his presence, there's, there's deliverance. In his presence, he can silence the voice of the enemy. In his presence, we can find our way home to the one who created us. I believe that the church on earth today should reflect heaven. It should echo the irresistible joy, magnificent brilliance and power and abundance of heaven on earth today. See, I know this was spoken over little Avery Joy way back, but I'm going I'm to steal this phrase again. Sorry, Scott and Carling, wherever you are. There you are. But I believe that we need to bring people to heaven but we also need to bring heaven to people. If we understand the purpose for the presence, then we recognize 
that what we need to do is not just bring people to heaven one day, but bring heaven to people today. That's the purpose for the presence of God because, I'm going to say it again, one moment in the presence of God can... See, you guys are learning. That's awesome. At the very core of Impact Church is the desire to love God passionately, to pursue his presence, and to help make his presence available for people that are coming in looking for answers. At Impact, we do this by the way we serve and the way we give and the way we pray and the way we worship. He is the reason for our existence. And we can't help but let it bubble out. So if we get a little excited, and I know I'm, I'm known to jump, it's because I can't contain what God has done for me. And I desperately want you to know that he wants to do that for you. And we need to be a representation of heaven on earth so that people that are broken, that are wounded, that are sad, that are lonely, that are alone in this world, not knowing where to find the answer, can find it when they walk into the church of the living God because his presence is here, his power is here, and he is so ready to transform a life. And it only takes one moment. So we will do whatever it takes to usher in the presence of God. We will be unashamed that we love the presence of God because we know that it only takes one moment. We've seen it over and over and over again where people come in that don't even know God and they're hardened, they're bitter, they're full of whatever it is, but it takes one moment. We've seen it where God just melts them. Because when you come into the presence of God, something happens. The King of Heaven wants to meet with you. And I'm not talking about being weird. Okay, I just want to put that out there. Because I'm going to tell you right now, some people are afraid of this stuff because they think it just gets weird. And I agree with you, there's some weird out there. That's not what we're after. But we are after the genuine pursuit of the power and the presence of God because we know he can transform a life in a moment. See, in his presence... I become undone. That's why you see me display all sorts of emotions. <laughs> because in his presence, I've changed. His presence leaves me so satisfied and full yet hungry for more. In his presence, I exchange my guilt for his forgiveness. My shame for his righteousness. My fear for his peace. My brokenness for his wholeness. And I don't deserve it. Not one little bit. But he so passionately pursues us because he wants our wholeness. He wants our presence in his presence. Chaos can reign all around me. Fear can be knocking at my door. Problems may seem like mountains and life can seem unfair. But one moment in his presence changes everything. I don't know about you, but I've gone through some hardships in life. 
But you know where I run? The only place I can go to. Because there is no other place where I, can, where I can come and just be broken and be myself and be confused and, and have all those things and have someone who so lovingly stands there with his open arms just waiting for me. And today he's waiting for you to let go of your stuff, let go of your fears. When we understand the purpose of his presence, we will learn to pursue his presence. See, God is always pursuing us, even when we don't pursue him. And he longs for us to respond to him because he is standing there waiting for us with open arms, just waiting for us to come. Second Chronicles 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range, meaning seeking, looking throughout the whole earth so that he can strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Another translation says, those whose hearts are loyal to him. See, I believe that the culture today that we live in, the problem is not that we lack pursuit. It's that we pursue too many things. Ouch. Gary always says, say amen or ouch. Pick one. (laughs) Just let me know you're here. But the reality is, it's not that we don't know how to pursue. We just pursue too many things and sometimes the wrong things. Sometimes because we don't know who we should pursue. That's why we need to be here as the church to present the answer for people that are looking. See, I believe that many people don't experience the fullness of his power and of his presence because they have chosen to make God an add-on. One choice of many. That was an ouch. But if God is just part of our peripheral, our experience of him will likely be peripheral. But God wants to move out of your peripheral vision. And he wants you to put him right in the center and the focus where you can focus on him. And everything else becomes peripheral. Because there is nothing like pursuing God Almighty and his presence and his power in your life. Because he can change everything. Maybe you haven't pursued him because you didn't understand that you should. You didn't know what the purpose was. Well, the purpose is that he wants you. He desires you. He looks for you. He pursues you. Maybe you haven't come to him because you feel unworthy. Maybe you feel like you need to clean up first. How many have been there? I mean, maybe just nod, like, don't, you know, okay. Hey, we've all been there where we're like, God, I'll, I'll be ready for you soon. I just need to do a few things first. Maybe you feel like you need to figure out some answers first. But can I tell you, when you come into the presence of God, Jesus doesn't just want to give you the answer. He is the answer. Whatever it is that you need, he is. In the Old Testament, he identified, God identified himself as I am. And then Jesus, on the very night he was arrested when they came and they they were looking for Jesus of Nazareth, he said, I am that I am. Because he is what you need. The answers that you're looking for are found in him. 
Jesus is our advocate. He's our friend. He's our mediator, our peace, our redeemer, the way, the truth, and the life, our hope, our anchor. He is the faithful and true one. He's the bright and morning star. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. It doesn't matter what you're looking for. He is. And he so desperately wants to meet with you. I know this is an unusual sermon, and I I apologize. But I'm going to tell you that he is your answer. He is what you need. If you are broken, then he's your healing. If you're bound and shackled, then he is your redemption. And he is pursuing you. Would you pursue him? James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's a promise, but he's just waiting for you to come to him because he's already there on the edge of his seat waiting for you. And as soon as you say, okay, I'm ready, I'm coming, okay, I surrender, I give up, I come, I'm bound, I'm broken, I'm, I'm, I'm all these things, but if you'll take me, and he will, I'll come. That's all he's looking for. When we learn to pursue him, it awakens something in us, and it's called a passion for his presence. You know, passion seems a little much to some people. But when something or someone captures your heart, you can't help it. You know, I'm I'm thankful for the passion that a certain individual on the front row felt for me about 20 years ago because I got on an airplane and left the country. And half-hearted emotion would not have done it. Can we be honest? He got on an airplane and flew across the ocean because there was something in him called passion. And I said, yes and amen. (laughs) And he brought a ring. (laughs) It all worked out in the end. (laughs) It was awesome. But when someone captures your heart, you can't help but being passionate. When you understand that that Jesus is the lover of your soul, he is your redeemer, he is your friend, he captures your heart. The good thing about passion is it's contagious. That's why you see a lot of bouncers up here, <laughs> because we can't help. Even when they, when they tried to imprison and they flogged the, the early disciples, they said, you cannot talk about Jesus. They said, sorry, we can't help it. We can't help but to say what he has done for us and what we have seen, because he's captured our hearts. This morning, there's a call to each and every one of us. I don't know where you're at in your journey, but God wants to awaken a passion in you where he can capture your heart, not just part of it, not just this part of my heart, but he wants your whole heart. He wants all of it because one moment in his presence can transform your life. And then you, like Peter, can be so transformed that you go out and you transform a whole city for Jesus. There are people out there that are looking for answers day by day by day, and they're looking for someone to be a carrier of the presence of God that can reconnect them to their original design and purpose, which was to be in his presence. I'm going to skip down, Margaret, to Psalm 84. 
I just want to end off by reading one of my favorite psalms. Yes, I say favorite about everything, but because I really love everything in the Bible, so, well, maybe not that part, but anyhow, uh, my favorite, one of my really favorite psalms is Psalm 84 because it really captures the heart of someone who is passionate about the presence of God. Listen to this. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. It's saying, with all that I am, with everything in me, with my mind, with my will, with my emotions, I yearn for the courts of my God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. God wants us to cry out for him. I long for him. Because I know I can't go a day without him. I know what it's like to go without him. And I don't ever want to do that again. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. It's saying even creation is finding their way into the very presence of God because they know that's where they belong. They were created for that. He goes on to say, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. I will unashamedly say that I love the church of the living God because it is his house. It is the bride of Christ. It is what he died for. And I'm going to passionately continue to pursue him and to represent the church of God, not the broken, beat down, misrepresentation of him. But I believe that we need to be the church of the living God so that we can love him and love his bride and represent his bride to a world that don't no, no longer know what the church is like. I love the church. And not just because I'm a pastor, because it's his bride. Jesus loves his church. We're ever praising him. Verse 5 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. It means that you're on a journey. You are going. You are pursuing. You're not stopping. But pilgrimage is what they did. They would travel to Jerusalem year after year after year just to get close to the presence of God. Because that was the closest they ever got. But when we are in the house of God, when we understand the passion in the presence of God, we are on a pilgrimage. We're on a journey. We're saying, God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to be passionate. I'm going to go after. I'm going to keep going. And when I think I have it all, I'm going to keep going more than that because there's never an ending to what God has for you. I warned you that I'd get passionate. As they, va- as, as they pass through the valley of Baca, meaning weeping. How many have gone through some weeping? It says here they make it a place of springs. The autumn rain covers it. With its pools, they go from strength to strength. Can I just let you know that whether you're in the valley or whether you're on the mountaintop, God can give you strength to strength to strength to strength if you're in his presence. Until each appears before God in Zion, it means in his presence. That's on Zion. That's where the place was, where the tabernacle of David was, where they could have access to God. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God, and look with favor on your anointed one. Here's probably one of my favorite, this favorite, okay, versus favorite. Better is one day. Just one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. There's nothing else that compares to me. Just one day. Just one moment. In the presence 
I've got. I would rather be a doorkeeper, thank you, ushers, in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is he who trusts in you. I want to say this morning, I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about his presence. I'm passionate about his church because I know he is. I know that this is a place where his presence can be experienced, lives can be changed, bondages can be broken, and hope can be renewed. And I can't apologize for being passionate for his presence because he is the answer. And I've seen lives changed in an instant, my own being at the first of that list. But I'm not passionate about what he can do for me. I'm passionate about who he is. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.